Hi, my name's Mark Madden. With the weather changing, March is a critical time to check your home's windows. If yours are cracked or leaking, if they won't open or stay open, it's time to call the pros at Window Nation. Right now, for every two windows you buy, you get two windows free. There's no limit to how much you could save. Plus, you could save even more with zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. Window Nation's windows come with a lifetime warranty and can be installed in one day. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands of homeowners have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can't too. So, if your old finicky windows and high-energy costs from this winter are cutting deep into your wallet, don't miss out. It's unlimited. Buy two, get two free, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. You can't afford to wait. Plus, get a house of windows and get a free pair of pens tickets. It's easy. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Brought to us by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is Pittsburgh's hometown sportsbook. Bet now from anywhere. All right, let's get right into the news of the day, and that is Mike Tomlin's season-ending press conference where the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers said one thing that I really endorse and one thing that I'm not a fan of at all. The thing that I really endorse is Mike Tomlin was definitive in saying that they're going to go outside of the organization to get an offensive coordinator. Sure sounds like he wants a guy that has previous NFL experience at the position, which you know takes my guy, Clint Kubiak, off the books, but... At least they're going to get somebody who doesn't have a background with the team and a predisposed belief of what stellar offense should look like. Open people's eyes, try new things, experiment with different possibilities of what this offense can be, and not try to live up to a, use the word here, standard that's been in place for a long time that, frankly, isn't the standard of how offense works anymore. So that was good news. 412-333-9939. 412-333-9939. Now, do you believe that it's going to happen the way that it should, like, which is get somebody out of the Steelers system that really honestly doesn't have any predisposed notions to wanting to do things exactly the old fashioned Steeler way? We'll see. In other words, I'm saying be outside, really outside. That doesn't mean just going out and getting Byron Leftwich because he was here once or Alex Van Pelt because he's available and he's a pick quarterback like Kenny. Or it doesn't mean just going out and getting Luke Getzey, although he might be all right. He might he might be worthy of investigating. But if they do it just because he grew up around here, that's not what I'm talking about. You don't need a guy get a guy who grew up loving the Steelers or whatever. And I don't even know if he was a Steelers fan. I actually was there a story once that he was. I don't know. But um, you don't need a guy who just thinks that there's a standard, a certain way of doing things that you have to do it because the guys that you're coaching now wear black and gold. I want to see different ideas for those guys in black and gold. Okay, so that's the one thing that I liked hearing. The one thing that I didn't like hearing, though, from Mike Tomlin was he was asked if Kenny Pickett was going to resume his role as QB one of the Steelers, and he said yes, and he gave this explanation as to why. I'm extremely confident in him. Um, I feel stronger about some of the intangible things um, than I did, obviously, when we first started doing business with him because I have evidence of it. Um, He's highly competitive and professional. Um, He doesn't run from 
challenges. He runs two challenges. I think that's evident in the way he plays, particularly at the end of close football games. Um, he's got good framework um, to work with and for a young guy. Uh, he's mature beyond his years. Um, I'm excited about him. Well, if he's that mature and he's that competitive, then he shouldn't be so delicate that you felt the need that you couldn't change the depth chart to reflect who the starting quarterback actually was the last few weeks of the season, Mike. I mean, like, one plus one doesn't equal two there. Now, as far as Mason Rudolph goes, he also said that the team would like to get Mason Rudolph back and provide the competition that Kenny Pickett needs, and he did say that he wanted to have an open competition for the quarterback job, although saying that the plan is to have Kenny Pickett resume the QB1 status, he would like to have Mason be back as a guy that can add that competition. Oh, certainly. Um, I don't think that any of us can deny what we've seen um, over the last um, month or so. Um, I cannot underscore um, how impressive it is to be ready. Um, forget performance, man, to be ready um, to deliver. Um, and he was, uh, and that preparedness showed and so certainly, um, you know, we're less speculative about his capabilities because uh, there's evidence of it, um, and evidence of it in, in tough circumstances. So that was the most complimentary Tomlin has been about Rudolph since Rudolph took over as the starter going into that home game against Cincinnati. That's the most acknowledgement he has given for how well Rudolph played. But if I'm Mason Rudolph, that's white noise to me. That's elevator music. I'm not even hearing that. All I heard was yes to the answer of, does Kenny get the QB1 status back? I'm also not hearing, we want to provide competition, because I know what that competition looks like. And it wasn't really a competition, was it? Now, if I'm also Mason Rudolph, hey, I'm a free agent. And free agents are in free agency, as Mike Tomlin said today. You know, free agency is not free, as he has also said in the past. You can buy my skepticism away. Hey, I, there might not be a better circumstance for Mason Rudolph. There might not be a team that offers him the status of QB1 going into camp. Every other team that offers him status as QB2 might have a quarterback that's more entrenched. This might be the best situation for him because the potential exists that Rudolph is playing behind Pickett and Pickett doesn't get any better under the new coordinator, gets hurt again, and he's the starter in week two or three. And, and I'm sure he knows that. But the key phrase for Mason Rudolph going into this offseason, in my opinion, is it's not equal. Not all things are equal. For Mason Rudolph, it's not 50-50 between the Steelers and anybody else. It's 40-60. Because I know what it looks like when they say that there's an open competition. It's not open with Kenny Pickett. They have too much invested in him as a first-round pick. They've got to figure out if they want to give him the fifth-year option. So I don't believe, if I'm Mason Rudolph, that all things are equal. All things are not equal. If I get the same amount of money roughly from a different place and a situation that's just about the same as Pittsburgh's, I'm going somewhere else. I'm getting that first plane ticket to Minnesota or Atlanta or wherever, New England. Whatever team needs a quarterback, I'm gone because I know how they're leaning. And they're even verbalizing it publicly for all of us to hear today. 
All things being equal, it's not equal. Just fall back to that phrase over and over again if you're Mason Rudolph. If all things are equal, they're not equal. They have to earn a little bit more of my trust by paying me more. Significantly more than whatever the second choice city would be. So I want to hear from Steelers fans about what you think about the quarterback situation, too. Again, at 412-333-9939. And I also want your reaction to this soundbite from Tomlin. Because he was asked if he thought the Steelers were closer to where they needed to be this year than last. Mike, do you feel the gap between yourself, this team, and the teams that are playing this weekend is smaller than it was a year ago? Than it was a year ago? Certainly. Um, But we're watching and not playing. And so, you know, um, there's work to be done. Is it? Is it closer than a year ago? What, because they won one more game and made it as the seventh instead of being left out as the eighth? Are they all that much closer? I mean, I, I guess the one way you could look at it and say that the gap is narrowed, that it is closer, it's because other teams have come back to the pack. Like, I don't think Buffalo's as good as they were last year. I don't think the Chiefs are as good as they were last year. Jacksonville didn't take off like we all expected, but they finished third in their own division. Um, the Bengals aren't as good as they were, but, you know, Burrow's coming back. Yeah, they beat the Ravens twice. That's that's significant. I, I think the distance that may have existed between the, the North teams and them is closed. In fact, there's evidence to show that they surpassed them within divisional play, but not overall. The Browns finished with a better record. The Ravens finished. I don't think it's a guarantee that they're going to be all that much closer next year. If you want to find some sort of solace in that, I guess you could argue that the top four draft choices in the rookie class all got off to good starts, and that's a good foundation from which to leap. I'd say that. I I, I could say that. But if you're going back to Pickett, you have no idea what he's going to be like next year, especially with the new coordinator. I, I have no confidence in saying that they're going to be anything more than 10-7 and seven and the seven seed again next year in a potential best-case scenario. Especially if you're telling me that the quarterback that won the last three games to get you to the playoffs is going to be a free agent, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be the guy to start next season. How can we then assume that the gap is narrowed when the guy who is likely to be the quarterback to start next year went to the bench when they were 6-4? and four? Is that what it was when he went out? Still scrapping to get into playoff position? Let's go to Dave in Scott Township. Dave, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Tim, long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I got your solution, an offensive coordinator. It's a guy that's been trying to get back in the league. He's good with quarterbacks, and he gave Tomlin a start. None other than John Gruden. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's been bandied about, but it's also been bandied about that he would try to get back as a head coach, right? And didn't I just read somewhere? Let me see if I can find it here. Something about the Saints, the lawsuit that exists. Uh, Brian Flores isn't the only one that uh, former NFL coach pending lawsuit against the league. John Gruden has one, too. With steam building that Gruden could join the Saints, perhaps as an offensive coordinator. There you go. Uh, the question becomes whether the league would try to keep that from happening. Um, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that they would allow it for the Steelers and not allow it for the Saints. You know what I mean? That's coming from pro football talk, by the way. They let Brian Flores back in, so maybe maybe Mike Tomlin can pull some strings. <laughs> um, I'm not so sure about that. But, hey, I, I think it's creative. I also don't know, though, that Tomlin would go with a former head coach. Like, I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury, for instance, who's talking to the Bears, would be a guy that he would get. 
with that big of a personality. I still think he wants a coordinator type, even if it's not a young up-and-comer and it's a guy who's been in the position before. Let's go to Ben in Washington. Ben, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, uh, I just wanted to kind of bring up a point about how, take it back to when, how Tomlin was treating Mason and Kenny to the media. Uh, you think there's a chance that maybe he knows how to coach these guys and maybe Mason needs to be treated know a certain way to the media to give him a chip on his shoulder and Kenny needs gassed up or he'll you know cry maybe well how did he gas up Kenny I don't understand how he gassed up Kenny you mean gas him up like protect you mean like protect him is that what you're saying yeah yeah kind of saying how confident is he uh, in him and and how how he has seen him do things that he likes where he doesn't say that stuff to Mason maybe they need to be treated that way be a, like a coach. Uh, maybe, but, you know, <laughs> I, I just think it was he didn't want to fall too in love with what Rudolph had done early on because he was always going to be a free agent. It's not like they're going to rework a deal in week 17 for the guy, you know? Yeah, it's a good point. But, you know, the, the, the picket thing, if he needs to be cuddled that much, then I just, that is completely counter to all the intangible angles that Tomlin keeps talking about and makes them out to be the strongest suits that Kenny has. You know, like, that, that's, that's, suppo- awesome. that's supposed to be his strongest suit. And now if he needs to be protected or gassed up, like you say, that strikes me as, you know, a, a complete contradiction. That's the only thing I worry about, and especially with how uh, Kenny reacted to being on the bench. You know, it didn't seem like he wanted much to do with the media as he was before. I don't know if that, you know, the Pittsburgh media attacking other players, or not attacking, but, you know, talking to other players, but uh, what didn't he miss the last media day there, too, Kenny? Oh, he just the he, show? Uh, he was not there for the uh, locker clean-out, and oftentimes the captains made themselves available for locker clean-out. Uh, I was not there for the back half of locker clean-out. I was only there for the front half, so I don't know how that went down. I don't know if he was requested and said no, but, yeah, he, he didn't speak. Thanks for the call. 412-333-9939. Uh, Joe Redder coming up a little bit later on this hour, but when we come back... Uh, I do want to talk more about some of the things that Mike Tomlin had to say. Now, we've talked about Rudolph. We've talked about Pickett. We have not talked about what Tomlin said about Mitch Trubisky. Uh, We'll get into that. And then also kind of going back to the whole never had a losing season thing and how that parlays into the greater conversation about Mike Tomlin. By the way, if you missed the news, according to Jerry Dulac, who was just on with us, he is going to get an extension based on something that Art Rudy II had said to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It certainly did sound like Tomlin was expecting one during his press conference today. I know it's not going to go over big with a lot of people, but it's just a matter of is he coming back or not. He was he was never going to come back without an extension. It was always going to be an extension or he wasn't going to come back. So he's coming back. The extension to me is a paper move. It's just a guarantee of some of Art Rudy II's money. That's all. And it's not going to affect anything else but his pocketbook if they were to divorce eventually in some way, shape, or form. But we'll get into all these topics when we return. This is the Mark Madden Show. Tim Ben's in for Mark. He's in Vegas this week. He'll be back next week. This is 105.9 on The X. We're brought to you by People's Natural Gas, an essential utilities company. Clean, safe, reliable energy, peoples-gas.com. Tim Benz in for Mark today, who's in Vegas. Tom in tomorrow. I'm back in on Monday. Mark back on Tuesday. All right, so we talked extensively about the comments 
from Mike Tomlin today about the Steelers overall, his own contractual situation. By the way, if you missed it, Jerry Dulac saying he is getting an, ex- an extension. Uh, he basically said that himself uh, at the podium today. Uh, what else? We talked about the two quarterbacks a lot, Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, but we didn't talk about Mitch Trubisky at all and where he fits in. And based on this answer, it may not be anywhere. Um, I haven't met with Mitch yet, um, and so we're at the very early stages of some of that stuff. Uh, we'll see where the roads lead us. Mm, and uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to lead back to Pittsburgh for Mitch. It certainly sounded the way Jerry was talking, too, that when he was on with us earlier, they're going to get a different third quarterback in here. Like The only thing I can think of where Trubisky stays is if Rudolph jumps, goes somewhere else, and they decide they want Trubisky to be the lone veteran and they're going to get a legit like second, third round quarterback um, that might be able to push Pickett as a rookie. Um, that's the only way I can see them going down that path again with Trubisky. Uh, that way, the bite of his cost wouldn't be so much. But I really do think if it's not Mason Rudolph, it's going to be another veteran bounce around Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett kind of quarterback that you've heard. And you know he's a quarterback in the NFL, but you really don't know what team he's been on for the last seven years. One of those kind of guys. Now, you heard at the top of the four o'clock hour, we ran all the sound bites from the ESPN talking heads who like to be all snotty and condescending towards Pittsburgh anytime there's the least whiff of criticism of Mike Tomlin. And, uh, you know, just, oh, my God, how could he possibly get this team to the playoffs? They were a tattered mess. If it weren't for Mike Tomlin, they never would have gotten to the playoffs. Of course, you know, at the start of the season, they all predicted that the Steelers would be at least nine wins because, of course, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. So that's how Tomlin always gets praised from the national media out of both sides of their mouth. Oh, they'll, they'll be a 9-10 win team. They always are to Mike Tomlin. Get to the end of the season, they're a 9-10 win team. I can't believe that Mike Tomlin got this team to 9 or 10 wins. It's just unbelievable. And the cycle continues every year for the past seven years without a playoff victory. So I asked Tomlin today, I said, you know, one thing that appears to need significant discussion when it comes to your guys' regular seasons is the avoidance of elongated losing streaks. Because I think it's every year since 2018, they've had a three-game losing streak. Three-game losing streaks are tough to bounce back from, especially if you're not a team that's built initially to get 12, 13 wins. If you're a team that's on a bubble, like the Steelers always seem to be, that streak can kill you, and it almost did this year. And it has just about every year. Like, there's that one year, I think it was Ben's last year, they had two. They had two three-game losing streaks, and they somehow still got in. So I asked Tomlin about that, like what they need to do to avoid that circumstance. You always face challenges um, during the course of a season. Um, they're always different and ever-changing and complex. Um, I think you got to continually have a hardcore plan while being light on your feet. Um from a change perspective, uh, while at the same time, um, you can't blow in the wind. And so there's a delicate balance there, if you will. I get that that's a delicate balance. But also, 
they've got to be a little quicker to react to some of those circumstances, I think, because they sometimes get stubborn and say, well, hey, we've been playing well enough to get to six and three. What we're doing is working. And then they look up and they're six and six now and they're in 12th place in the AFC. And a couple weeks later, they need some bad AFC South team to upset the AFC South leader. So with a second place team in the AFC South wins the championship and the Steelers get in via tiebreaker. Like, how many times are they going to rely on that magic formula to get to the postseason? Let's go to Tyler calling from Waynesburg about the quarterbacks. Hey, Tyler. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, just wanted to discuss the uh, quarterback situation. Um, where do you, with, with Mitch Trubisky fitting in, um, I think he fits in nowhere. No, I don't think he's going to be here either. I agree. <laughs> I mean, to even consider him to be around next season would be absurd. He did nothing for this offense at all except for throw interceptions and lose games. I agree, and and thank you for pointing that out. But, uh, yes, I would agree with that. As far as Trubisky, I will use this one thing about Trubisky, though, and I I always do. When it comes to the group of people who say that Mason Rudolph never got a chance, Mason did have a chance before this year. He had a chance. He didn't perform great with it. He found a way to get back in there eventually because of Mitch Trubisky, ironically enough. But Mason Rudolph was 5-4-1 coming into this season as a starter. That was 10 games as a starter. Mitch Trubisky had seven, okay? So where I'm going with this is there's nobody in Pittsburgh right now that sounds any different than that guy. Everybody in Pittsburgh sounds like that guy when it comes to Mitch Trubisky. There's no one in Pittsburgh saying, you know what? <laughs> I don't think that Mitch Trubisky got a chance. He he deserves another chance. There's no one saying that. And there's no one saying that about Mason Rudolph either at the time. No one here thought, oh, boy, you know what? We We need to see more Mason. It wasn't until you saw other options that people were saying, let's see Mason again. Let's not revise history. Last call, Steve Gibsonia. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, how's it going? Good, Steve. I just want to say you're more pleasant than Mark Madden, first off. Well, Mark's a very pleasant pleasant guy. You just got him on a bad day. (laughs) And I just want to see your opinion of Steve's going to have to return Cousins. So that way you can learn, so I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I understand the thinking. I've brought it up a couple times. Thanks, Steve. I brought it up a couple times. Is you know, especially when you're thinking about the Achilles. If he's not ready to go, well, there's your perfect formula, right? Let's say he needs a couple weeks into the regular season before he's ready to go, and Kenny Pickett uh, under the new coordinator either sinks or swims. And if he's no good, you can go to Cousins. But what I'm hearing now is everybody thinks he's going to be ready. Then if he's going to be ready, I don't think he's going to want to come to a situation where the team is so invested in a first-round pick that they're saying goodbye to Rudolph, and it's going to be a 50-50 proposition. Like, he's going to sign a real contract to be a real starter somewhere, and I don't think they have the least bit of inclination based on how they're acting towards Pickett, which is one more year to see if this first-round pick worked out. Joe Rudder next from the Trib. My colleague over there will talk about uh, Mike Tomlin and his coaching future, the the future of the quarterbacks, and some of the other matters that Tomlin addressed. This is 105.9 The X. Joining me right now is my colleague over at Trib Live. Joe Rudder covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for us. You can hear him weekly with me during the football season on our Breakfast with Ben's podcast. And Joe uh, can be heard once a week after the Mike Tomlin press conference with me. So that means it's today since it was a Thursday season-ending Mike Tomlin press conference. Joe, thanks for taking time to join us here on the Mark Madden Show. And I'll start with this paradox that I took away from the Mike Tomlin press conference today, which was... 
if the quarterback for 2024 is currently on the roster and there is going to be competition for Kenny Pickett, if one of those quarterbacks is no longer Mason Rudolph, then who's the quarterback that's going to provide the competition? Well, it won't be Trace McSorley because they cut him from the practice squad. <laughs> so he's not currently on the roster. We can we can rule that one out. Um, <clears throat> good question. I think they're going to make every run to keep Mason Rudolph on the roster. You know, it basically comes down to whether Mason Rudolph wants to be back or uh, feels that he can get more money and a fairer shake somewhere else. Um, I think it'll be those two with, you know, maybe an older free agent number three or they go into the draft and get some mid to late round pick to serve that role. Um, but yeah, I, I think their intention is to have those two compete for the position in training camp. Um, but you know, if Mason Rudolph signs elsewhere, then all bets are off. Well, all bets are never off. Unfortunately, I certainly know that from bad experience, but, um, if you were a betting man, uh, how do you think this plays out with not only, uh, the immediate permutations, which are, of course, Pickett and Mason Rudolph, but beyond that at the quarterback position, like, for instance, if Rudolph should go, do, do you have a, a ranking in your mind, Joe, of what they would do next, like get a just Ryan Fitzpatrick-type veteran or draft a significant quarterback who could press Kenny Pickett? Do you, do you have an order of how you think things are breaking down in their minds? You're asking me these. I'm, I feel like Mike Tomlin here. You're asking me these tough questions to look ahead when I'm barely done finished looking back and getting, <laughs> getting rid of that. You're but, not going uh, to walk off the show, are you, Joe? No, I'm not going to walk off the show. I never do that to you, Tim. Um, but the you know, I, I guess looking ahead, I mean, obviously a lot depends on what's going to happen with Mason Rudolph. You know, looking at his situation, I don't know, you know, money aside, I don't know what team would be able to give him assurances that he could compete have a legitimate competition, unlike what he got two training camps ago, poor starting quarterback position. He might get that best opportunity here. So I think that that's the way it's going to be going mm-hmm. in. Now, if it's not him, I think, you know, if, if he goes somewhere else, then I think really you've got to explore the draft as a potential option. I mean, um, maybe not in the first round or second round, but I think you're going to have to get somebody in there um, to go with, you're going to have to have a, an older, experienced veteran somewhere along the line. Maybe not to be the number one, but to, you know, to be there, you know, in case of injury. But you know, I think that if Mason Rudolph doesn't return, that pretty much seals Kenny Pickett as having to be the guy. But um, you know, I, I think the way they want to go right now is to have Mason Rudolph come in and let them both have a shot at it in uh, August. You buying that if you're Rudolph? <sighs> it's it's hard to say because you know. They they said at least outwardly to media that it was going to be a three person competition two years ago, and really Mason Rudolph never got any reps with the the first team offense, and he, you know, everything he did with the second teamers was tremendous. Had put up some of the best numbers in camp, had some of the best throws, but never was re- really given a chance to to win that job or even keep the number two. I mean, by the end of training camp, he was busted down in number three when he had done nothing to lose or n- nothing to lose it. So. You know, he has to take that at face value. He's going to have to get some kind of assurances from, you know, from Mike Tomlin that, that he is going to have a legitimate chance. And if they can't give him that, then if I'm him, I, I think I'm going to head elsewhere. Joe Rudder with us from Trib Live, my colleague over there covering the Pittsburgh Steelers, wrapping up Mike Tomlin's season-ending press conference. He said during the press conference, Joe, that he believes they're closer to where they need to be than they were at this spot 
a year ago. Are you buying that? In some ways, I think that, I think they're better if they get a, a better offensive coordinator in there, someone that can maybe, uh, you know, as he said, utilize the talents at their disposal. Um, there were some players I thought were vastly underused, like Calvin Austin during the year, that I think they need to get more involved. I think they underused the tight end position when even when uh, Pat Fryermuth was healthy. But I, I think they're better from that perspective and from the fact that until there was a rash of injuries, they had the defense somewhat figured out at inside linebacker and safety. Um, I, I thought they were better there. You know, maybe they're uh, cut better, but really with the big question mark at quarterback, I don't know if you can say that for any certainty that they really are that much closer. I'm thinking they're probably about the same as they were a year ago at this time. Yeah, you know, and maybe they just didn't realize how samey they were going to be because uh, I think you're <laughs> on to something there in talking about the quarterback because at this time last year we were all thinking, hey, Kenny Pickett showed some flashes. There very well may be something there that's going to get better in 2023, and it didn't. It regressed. And if they're not 100% committed to getting Mason Rudolph under contract, who did get better and did progress, then I don't think they're any further along. I, the only thing I said to that question, Joe, to that response from him was, I do think the rest of the AFC came back to the pack, maybe with the exception of Baltimore, but at least they beat Baltimore twice. So in that regard, they're closer. But, hey, uh, that's how 10-7 and seven got the last spot in the playoffs as opposed to 9-8. and eight. There's just a huge middle in the NFL now. Yeah, there definitely is. And, you know, the one thing you got to take into consideration when you're talking about the quarterback play is, you know, look at how good Kenny Pickett did with the first-team offense in training camp. So even if he comes out and does that again and lights it up in the preseason, there's no guarantee that that's going to carry over. As we saw this year, anything but happened. I mean, you know, he definitely regressed as the season started. So, you know, you kind of got to weigh things differently, you know, based on what you see there. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the most interesting thing, again, as it was this year, you know, the quarterback position going into training camp and the season. I hear what he says about getting a play caller with some experience, and I want to believe him that they're going to go outside to get that person. But to me, if the names that we just hear are Alex Van Pelt, Luke Getze, and Byron Leftwich, is that really going outside? Like, I, I, I do want it to be somebody who doesn't have Steeler ties or an expectation of what you're supposed to live up to as a Steeler play caller because, gosh darn it, we're the Steelers, and this is how the black and gold looks when it's on offense. Yeah, I, I think he's going to, uh, as he likes to say, cast a wider net and go for more experienced candidates maybe someone that's had former head coaching experience. Um, you know, somebody I think that definitely has, has called plays before um, you know, on some kind of level. You know, and when we ran a bunch of names after Canada was fired in November, and I went back and revisited a couple of those guys, and there's guys like Clint Kubiak out there that could be a potential guy. The one guy that stuck out to me is Ronald Curry from the Saints, their passing game coordinator. He's a Tidewater Virginia guy, one of the most prolific football players in Virginia football history. Tomlin, I'm sure, knows him, has a connection to him. It wouldn't be surprising to me if they don't bring him in and give him a, a hard look at this job. Is Terrell Austin's job safe? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you know, the defense gave up a lot of yards this year, 21st in yards allowed, but only 6th or 7th in points. Um, and and you got to judge that by the fact that they had so many injuries on defense. 
and the fact that Mike Tomlin is heavily involved still in the defense. So I don't think Terrell Austin has done anything really to lose his job. But, you know, if there's a mandate that, hey, we have to make big changes on this staff to get, you know, to where we want to be, maybe maybe he does, uh, maybe he does not get retained. Are you surprised Tomlin's getting an extension? I'm not. I just think it came down to is he coming back or not, and if he was coming back, he was getting an extension, pure and simple. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't see any way he'd go into this year as a lame duck, and, you know, that's kind of not the way the, the Steelers do things. I, I think the interesting thing will be when we do get a chance to meet with Art Rooney in, in a few weeks is to ask him why he didn't offer one last year, why he felt you know, compelled to let him go into the final season, uh, you know, of his contract and play it out this way. But no, I definitely expect them to to give him an extension. It's a matter of if it's going to be one, two, three years. Um, but yeah, he'll get something. How do you think he handled things today in terms of his demeanor and approach after walking away from the podium after the Buffalo game? <laughs> uh, he he knew enough. He read the room enough and knew what was going on and was self-aware enough to come in and make a joke about it at the beginning. And then he, he really he let his guard down more than we've seen in other interviews. He really was, you know, you, you'd almost wish he was that way all the time. Um, you know, he was gregarious at times, and he was candid about things. He gave thoughtful answers. I mean, he still had his occasional one-word answers, this and that. But, you know, there, there was no, um, you know, rough tone in his voice. Um, he genuinely seemed to be... Happy to be there. Now, maybe he maybe yesterday during the day in between locker clean out and meeting with us, he had some assurances from Art or from Art Rooney that you know he's going to get this deal and not to worry about it. That made him feel that way. But he definitely came out as someone who was um, just you know had a very relaxed demeanor, unlike what we see during the regular. Well, I think part of it too is like when you've got a guy who's you know in the national media that's been one of his drum beaters for years, and Kyle Brandt do a complete one eighty and talk about how the you know the seven years without a playoff win is starting to mean more than the seventeen consecutive losing seasons, and he was really ticked off at how Tomlin handled himself. I mean, he might have seen that that. That routine of walking away from the podium, which to me was calculated, which I think he had a plan if somebody was going to ask, he was going to leave, uh, that didn't play out the way that he thought it was going to. Probably not, or it could be as simple as he got a scolding from his wife and told him not to act like that in public anymore. Like Bill Cower did. <laughs> exactly. That's, know, the, so that's the famous story about Cower, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who knows, but maybe that's as simple as it was. But I heard she likes Los Angeles so much. Wasn't that one of the national reports? Doesn't she want to go to L.A.? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I her closing line's doing well enough here. Maybe <laughs> maybe she doesn't need to uh, spread her wings and go to the West Coast. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe and she's closer to New York here. You can sell as many clothes that's as you right. can in L.A. Sure. All right, Joe, thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. We'll catch up again. Thanks for all the work with the podcast this year, too. Sounds good anytime, Tim. All right, that is Joe Rudder from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and Trib Live. Uh, he is our beat writer at Trib Live who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, yeah, you can hear us in the podcast weekly. We'll have one posted tomorrow. It might sound very similar to this. All right, when we come back, uh, <laughs> here's a college football. I've never done this before. I have one college football jersey. It is a uh, Syracuse number 44 because 44 is just everybody's jersey at Syracuse. It's the famous Jim Brown, Floyd Little, uh, Ernie Davis jersey but i'm going to buy this guy's college football jersey i'll tell you who it is and what school he goes to to close out the show next 105.9 
Brought to us by People's Natural Gas, an essential utilities company. Clean, safe, reliable energy. Peoples-gas.com. All right, if anybody is looking for a Christmas gift for me, I know it's a little early, but you can start shopping now. Birthdays in November. You can get me a number 84 University of Miami football jersey. It is for Miami tight end Cam McCormick, who is living all of our dreams and fantasies as he is about to embark on his ninth year of college football. He has a nine-year career in college football. He's Thornton Mellon from back to school. He's Mitch Bosa. That's how long ago he was recruited. He went to Oregon, redshirted his freshman year, and then between 2018 and 2021, he played just one game in 2018, none in 2019 and 20, and two in 2021 due to a series of Achilles and ankle surgeries which he kept getting medical red shirts for, and then there was COVID on top of that and the open transfer portal. Undeterred by his past injuries and missteps, McCormick went to Miami in 2022, and then in 2023 had eight catches for 62 yards. I don't think he's ever had 100 yards receiving in a season. He does have a couple. He has three touchdowns in one season. He's 25 years old. And will become the first player in college football history to receive a ninth year of eligibility. He's 25 in Coral Gables with a campus full of 20-year-old Miami University sophomores. And he's a football player. Now that's the life. Especially with NIL. Because he's going to get money out of this. Like... It might be from AARP or something, but he's going to get money out of this because this is a fun story. This is like that kid, I can't remember where he played. It might have been Alabama. The kid whose name was DeColdest. His first name was DeColdest, and he got an air conditioning company for an NIL deal. This guy has to get some sort of like old folks home in Florida NIL deal, don't you think? That seems like a layup to me. And he actually said, he sent out a tweet announcing that that he was foregoing the NFL draft. Like, if he had a chance, he would have gone in the first eight years of eligibility. But to his credit, he sends out a tweet saying, I'm foregoing the NFL draft and will take part in my ninth and final year of college football eligibility. Last ride. Well, of course it's your last ride. Your first ride was like in a Model T. All right, Mark is back on Tuesday. Tom is in on Friday. I'm back with you on Monday. This is 105.9 The X. Hi, my name's Mark Madden. With the weather changing, March is a critical time to check your home's windows. If yours are cracked or leaking, if they won't open or stay open, it's time to call the pros at Window Nation. Right now, for every two windows you buy, you get two windows free. There's no limit to how much you could save. Plus, you could save even more with zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. Window Nation's windows come with a lifetime warranty and can be installed in one day. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands of homeowners have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can't too. So, if your old finicky windows and high energy costs from this winter are cutting deep into your wallet, don't miss out. 
It's unlimited. Buy two, get two free, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. You can't afford to wait. Plus, get a house of windows and get a free pair of pens tickets. It's easy. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate.